Gabriella Balcom won the right to have a novel published by Clarendon House Publishing when one of her stories was voted best in the anthology in which it appeared. Her book, On the Wings of Ideas, came out following this. What's your favorite genre? Fantasy? Horror? Sci-fi? Romance? Literary fiction? This multi-genre collection of short stories includes all of that and more and has something for everyone. Gabriella's stories will alternately move you and bring you to tears, captivate or horrify you, and have you on the edge of your seat. Don't miss out. Be sure to get a copy today. All her life, Joan placed herself into the hands of men who failed her. Joan does the unthinkable for a woman in 1960, leaving her small town of Gainesfield. As an accomplished musician, Joan served her country in the first ever women's Air Force band, San Antonio, Texas. She unwittingly becomes part of a brainwashing experiment. After her Air Force service, returning to society is particularly hard for Joan, so much so that she has spent a good deal of her life in a mental institution. As a patient in a VA hospital, Joan is found murdered. Small-town secrets, whispers behind closed doors, stolen records, serve to solve the mystery of what the hell happened to Joan. This book is a work of fiction, but very well could have happened. Gabriella Balcom's thrilling sci-fi novella, The Return. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay that way. Although it's the year 2027, most of the facility's research is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd clamor for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. By the time 2030 arrives, Researchers have worked for a while with feline service units and human replicas, HRs, who are virtual prisoners with no rights. More and more of them are dying and they long for freedom. Surprisingly, one of the top scientists isn't happy with the status quo either. Tensions are mounting and things are not as they appear. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my way, one son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome to Lupa's Bits. I am your host Lupa Barty and we are into episode 74. Guess what, guess what, guess what? I am coming to you live, well not live, but I am coming to you from the home studio. Yes, I am back in Canada. Yes, it's freaking cold. I think we have hit like an all-time low. Um... I think they waited for me to come back to Canada before they went, <laughs> welcome back, we're going to freeze your face off. We're going to make sure you do your mandatory five-day quarantine because we're going to make it so cold you don't want to go outside. 
So, yes, we are back to the sounds of local traffic going by at 10 o'clock at night. Um, I have a little bit of housekeeping. Look at me. I'm like on a roll 55 seconds into the show and I remember housekeeping. Not 20 minutes into the show and I remember housekeeping. Um, I have very little housekeeping. This is all kind of off the top of my head because, you know, somebody forgot to give me housekeeping, but that's okay. Oh, oh yes, uh, my live studio audience has now been relegated to the phone. Um, I did forget to tell him he didn't necessarily need to pause it because he is in my ear, but he did mute it, so I think I can take these things out of my ear now. Oh, wait, no, I better leave them in just in case he wants to pop in and say something to try and throw me off. <laughs> As he's giving me an evil grin. Um we are back to uh, the live studio audience being on the phone and 3,000 miles away. I won't lie, I'm a little sad about that. It was kind of fun um, being there in person, and I do miss them. I miss him, but we're not going to go there because I don't want to cry today. It's too freaking cold. The tears will freeze on my face. It'll just be awful. <laughs> so, housekeeping. Um, the... World of Myth calendars are in. Uh, if you go to www. Yeah, three W's. Mythmart.com, you can get your, pick up your calendar. Yeah, they're a little late, but you know what? You've only missed the first couple of weeks of January. Big deal. Nothing happens the first couple of weeks of January. Anyway, it is the 11th of January. Go get your calendar. It is. They look amazing. The artwork in them. Now, you need to understand, the artwork in the calendar is actual artwork that was submitted to the magazine. We had to sit down, we had to go through the artwork, we had to choose which artwork we wanted for each month, um, and all of the artists in that calendar get a royalty from every calendar sold. So, you're not supporting the World of Myth magazine. You're supporting the artists that contributed their work for free to our magazine. And this is your way of saying, you know what? Thank you. I will buy a calendar. I will support your art. I will show my appreciation for the work that you do and the fact that you do it for free for the World of Myth magazine. So go buy a calendar. Let our artists know that we appreciate their work. I know I'm getting one because I came home after being away and looked at my wall and went, ooh, that calendar needs to come down. It's the wrong year. I need a new calendar. I don't have one. So I'm going to get me one while I'm in Florida. We'll get to that story in a minute. Um, so yeah, go and get your calendar. They are an incredible work of art. All the important dates are in there. You know, magazine deadline, when the magazine goes live. I think there's birthdays in there. Um, no, no birthdays. There's, there's good stuff in there. Can't remember exactly what we put in there, but you know, important dates. <laughs> and uh, yeah, show your your appreciation and support for local artists. Well, not local artists. One of the artists in that uh, calendar is in Lithuania, Russia. Uh, yeah, Russia. We'll say Russia. Um, Boriana, if I got it wrong, I'm terribly sorry. She's an incredible artist. I think she's actually February, but uh, which is, you know, my favorite month. Um, so yeah, go get your calendar. 
mythmart.com and uh, Mythmart should be restocked with the World of Myth Anthology 4 uh, this week. So if you haven't got your copy, if you haven't ordered your copy, uh, do that. If you are a contributor in that book, um, you should have gotten a special code to get your author's copy. Um, if you are a supporter of the world of myth and you want to read some really good stories compiled into one book, I'd grab it. Um, if you need something heavy to carry around in your purse for you know self-defense, again, really good choice to do it with. It's a big book. 500 and some odd pages. It's a freaking big book. It'll hurt somebody if you hit them with it. I guarantee you it'll uh, definitely relocate the molecules of a spider if you whack them with it. But uh, yeah, so you can get that at um, Mythmart as well. If you are anywhere outside of the U.S., you can go to Amazon, go to the Amazon in your country, whether it's UK or AU or CA, and order it from there. So that, I do believe, is... Oh, PCE is shaping up. And if you are interested in being a vendor, now is the time to get a hold of Rebecca Illich um, and let her know. Her email is Rebecca underscore Illich at PCEHD.com. Look at me! That was completely off the top of my head. And it's R-E-B-E-C-C-A underscore I-L-I-C-H at P-C-E-H-D dot com. So email her and say, hey, I want a table. And you can get an application, fill it out. It'll have the prices and everything on it. And if you want electricity, all that's on there. And uh, we now have certain forms of payment accepted only and that is there is a number on there to use for Zelle you can use PayPal you can use credit card um, I think that's it I think those are the three uh, unmute yeah, I can hear you oh or a certified check certified check so those are the uh, forms of payment for your table so we have five by 10, we have 10 by 10s, um, but they're going quick. So you want a table, get in there because it's only a few weeks away. Woohoo! Uh, we have a tremendous celebrity lineup too. So that'll be coming soon. I will, I'm going to sit on that for a little while. <laughs> I tease you all for a little bit. So that, I do believe, wraps up housekeeping for this week. Um... My journey home. Wow. <laughs> and you know what? It actually went insanely smooth. <laughs> Scarily smooth. Um, the first try, the first round was just a nightmare. We couldn't get a COVID test when we needed to have the COVID test. So we were kind of hoping we were only outside the 24 hours that it would be okay. It was a nightmare. Um, and then the flight got canceled and then they were trying to rebook and fly me into like Calgary, a four hour direct flight turned into an almost eight hour flight with an hour layover. 
in Calgary. Anybody who's in Canada knows you do not want to be in Calgary in the winter because chances are you're not getting out of the airport anytime soon. And I was not wrong. Um, the flight that I was supposed to come in on, I was supposed to fly into Calgary and then I was supposed to fly from Calgary to Toronto. And the flight from Calgary to Toronto was delayed because it got so cold ice was forming on the wings of the planes ice was forming on the tarmac and they can't fly when it's that cold it was i think like minus 36 celsius which is like minus 15 fahrenheit i think minus 10 fahrenheit something like that cold really really cold uh, they're in a major cold right now i mean it, it's 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 cold where i am uh, it's actually gone up. It was um, 4 degrees Fahrenheit earlier, and it's now up to 18. woo Yeah, we are climbing. Um, oh, I have a message. Why do I have a message? How do I have a message? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, here we go. What's going on? Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, that was just a little detour butterfly effect <laughs> i've had it like the last i've been home for six days now and i've kind of the first day well the first night i got home and realized that when i was trying to be frugal i told my neighbor just pick me up you know 12 eggs and some coffee creamer i'll be fine well by the time i got home because i bought a little pack of um meat sticks and a little thing of cheese wisps uh, some keto thing and a coke zero and it cost me 21 dollars so i didn't spend any more money <laughs> i'm kind of glad i'll get into that in a minute but by the time i got home i was starving so i had to go to the timmy's unfortunately i had to go to the timmy's in keswick when i get there all right so all right we'll start from the beginning so we get up no email saying my flight has been delayed. Okay, fine. I have my carry-on, which I've already paid for, or which I get to take on for free. I have my checked bag, which I've already paid for. Now, I'm kind of stressing about this because I've never had a checked bag before. I've never checked a bag before. So I'm kind of a little nervous about it. I'm, I'm like stressing something's going to go wrong because it's me. Stuff always goes wrong kind of a thing and my live studio audience spent two and a half months with me he kind of knows yep stuff always goes wrong it doesn't matter what it is there's gonna be a hiccup somewhere along the way or I'm gonna hurt myself again I, I tell him no lies he knows <laughs> it's all true so we the drive down is is entirely uneventful and we get to the airport we find where we're supposed to go fairly easy. <laughs> we do the self-check-in. Again, way too easy. Um, they look at my arrive can. They look at my vaccine. Um, and then we get over to where you drop off your bag. And they weigh it and they put the little sticker on it to tell it what plane it's supposed to get on. I put it up on the thing and she's like, oh. I'm like, what do you mean, oh? <laughs> Why are you saying, oh? it's five pounds overweight it's what it's five pounds over can you take five pounds out of there 
I don't even know what weighs five pounds in my suitcase. How do you expect me to be able to find it and take it out? She said, well, if you take five pounds out of that and put it in your carry-on, I'll check your carry-on for free. And I'm like, there isn't room for a sneeze inside my carry-on. There isn't room for a sneeze inside that checked bag. I don't know where you think I'm going to put the five pounds. I, 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 what do I do? She said, well, is there a, another bag inside your carry-on? Yes. Take that bag out. Take the five pounds out of your suitcase. Put it in your carry-on. I'll check your carry-on for free. Take the bag that you took out of the carry-on. That will now be your carry-on. And your purse is your personal item. So now I have four things I have to keep track of. Oh, crap. Okay. So off to the side we go. I whip open the one suitcase. I whip open the other suitcase. I yank the computer bag out of the carry-on. I yank out, I don't know, shoes and a bunch of stuff out of the... Um, big suitcase put that into the little suitcase zip them both up go back over and now my big checked bag is six pounds under awesome so between my my big suitcase and my checked bag which is now going on the plane for free i don't have to drag it around yay uh it was 62 pounds i'm like holy crap so I get them both checked in. I get the little sticker on them. I've got my passport because that seems to be the most important thing. That's all they want to see is your boarding pass and your passport. They don't care about anything else. Once they checked my my vaccines to make sure I was fully vaccinated, once they looked at my ArriveCan receipt to see that I was a vac registered vaccinated traveler, they never wanted to see it again. They didn't care. Uh, okay. So... We go and we sit in the little seats right in front of security. We're watching the the little snaky, um, roped-off path that you have to take to get to go through the security check. And the last time I flew out of McCarran, I was going domestic, so it was a totally different setup. Like security was way down there, and. It was different, like the area just looked different from where we were, where I was flying out international. So we waited as long as we possibly could, kind of, you know, spent, like, sucked the very last second out of our time together that we possibly could before we said our goodbyes and um, I joined the throng of people going through security. So now I'm kind of old hat at security now. I've done it twice <laughs> before this this would have been this was my third time so i knew i had to get up there i had to take my shoes off i had to take my coat off um i didn't wear my metal barrette this time which was great i didn't have to take my hair down um i had to take all my electronics out um and my passport they actually asked for my passport this time i have my passport out so i took everything out put them in my three little bins and i kept looking over my shoulder because i could still see him standing there so I kept looking over my shoulder at him. So I get in and I go through the body scanner and they're like, okay, you're clear. And I'm like, oh, really? That's the first time ever. Third time's a charm, apparently. Because the first time I went through, um, the metal underwire in my bra set off the alarm. So I had to, you know, get felt up by the security guard to make sure that it was just the metal underwire in my bra. And then... Um, and then the second time I went through security, I had to take my metal barrette out because it was setting off the security alarm. So 
I had to take my hair down, take my beret out. This time, there was nothing. I just, away I went. All right. I get through. I get all my stuff, put all my stuff on. And, uh, ah, I'm on the tablet. <laughs> so, yeah, get all my stuff on. And, um, I turn and I see him one last time. And then I put my laptop back in my bag and I turn back and he was gone. So I cried myself all the way down the escalator because, <laughs> you know, it's, I'm a girl. It's what we do. So I get on the escalator and it takes me to the shuttle, which takes me to the lounge where the, where the plane's going to be. And it's, it's a fairly short trip. Like there's not a lot of walking. So I'm like, all right, this is great. So I get, I get there and there's people sitting. There's like maybe four people sitting in the lounge. And I'm like, I'm really early. It's only 12 o'clock. My plane doesn't start boarding until 1230. I'm hungry. I got an email saying that the catering was unavailable for the trip. So if we wanted to bring food on the plane, we should get it before we get on the plane. So I went in search of a store. And then I remembered Canadian debit cards don't always work in American debit machines. Now, chances are in an airport, it's going to be fine. But I didn't want to get up to the cash, have my debit card go, eh, no, and feel like an idiot. And I thought, well, I could just use my mom's credit card. <laughs> Glad I didn't. So I find an ATM. I take out $20, which actually costs me $33. Oh, that hurt. Uh, I go back to Hudson News and I chose it because if you're Canadian, you understand the relevance of Hudson. Um, there's Hudson's Bay. There's, yeah, it's a Canadian thing. Anyway, so, and I went and I got my meat sticks. I got my cheese. I got my bottle of pop and paid $21.15. Now, I only took out $20. And I'm going, oh, crap. Well, we're about to find out if the debit card actually does work. It does. For $1.15, it does. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so I get my snacks and I'm moseying my way back to, you know, I'm looking at the, the slot machines and I'm looking at the little stores and I go buy the do-free. That's what it's called. The duty-free is called the do-free. I think I actually took a picture of it and sent it to Mike. Because he wanted to know if I was I was coming home or if I was now an American. So I sent him a picture of the duty-free. <laughs> so I'm moseying my way. And then I get back to the lounge and I notice that they, they're calling for people boarding the plane for Zone 2. And I'm like, oh, that's me. So I go up there and I have to take my mask down and they do the scan. And I hear one of them say, no match. What? What do you mean, no match? You have my passport. You're looking at my face. How can there be no match? So the girl kind of pulls me around the side of the, the thing, and she's like, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. Just go, just go, just go. We've been calling you. Now, I had this interesting experience as I was walking back from the ATM, which happened to be quite a ways down by the slot machine smoking room. And I was thinking, how cool would it be to hear your name announced over the loudspeaker in the airport? unbeknownst to me while I was actually having that thought, they were actually calling my name over the loudspeaker in the airport. I think that's what probably caused me to have that thought. 
because I get there and she's like, we've been calling your name. You have? I did not hear you. I'm sorry. Um, one doesn't generally pay attention to hearing their name when they're in an airport by themselves. So she's like, yes, we're boarding. We're waiting for you. All right. So I go down the, the little tunnel thing and I'm texting everybody I know. I'm getting on the plane now. I'm getting on the plane now. Because everybody wanted to know. When you get on the plane, let us know so that we know when you're landing. I was getting on the plane an hour early. Um, we weren't supposed to take off till, well, we were s scheduled to take off at 1.10, which means you're not going to even get moving until 1.30. So we're boarding the plane at quarter after 20 after 12. Oh, boy. So I'm running down there. All of a sudden, I hear this down the tunnel behind me I'm like oh no am I about to be arrested <laughs> what's going on and she's calling my stuff anybody stuff anybody and she's running down behind me I'm like uh oh what's going on so I turn around she's we change your seat we change your seat I'm like oh am I getting first class no <laughs> but I was only five rows back or nine rows back from first class it was kind of cool I could see first class it's not that great first class not that great they have a bigger seat, yeah, but woo-woo. I had an entire row to myself. It was awesome. So they changed. I was supposed to be 23A. They moved me to 9A. I still had a window seat. I was good with that. So I get on, and uh, there's a guy walking up and down, checking everybody, and, you know, I get my, I put my computer bag up in the overhead, and I'm like, wow, is that ever small? And it's a lot lighter than I had originally anticipated having to lift because my carry-on was really heavy. <laughs> it took all I had to get it up over my head. I tried it before we left the house because I had to make sure I could lift it up over my head into the overhead compartment. It was going to be a struggle. But I didn't have to do it because it got checked for free. Anyway, and that's twice that's happened. On my way down, um, the flight was booked solid so they were going to run out of room on in the overheads for everybody's carry-ons so they were checking carry-ons for free because they knew they were going to run out of room so yeah my carry-on got checked twice for free so my carry-on has seen the other underside of the plane it has never actually seen the overhead compartment of the plane since i bought it it's brand new i now have a lock for it just in the off chance that it gets checked again anyway so I get into my seat and I'm like, okay, this is cool. There's nobody sitting beside me yet. Awesome. I didn't have to fight my way in. And the guy stops and he's like, okay, so you know your coat's going to either have to be worn or you're going to have to stow it under the seat, under one of the seats in front of you for takeoff and for landing. I'm like, that's fine. I'm not putting it on. It's like 60 degrees outside. It's warm. Um, I just need it for when I land because it's going to be minus 12. <laughs> I'm going to be cold. So I, act, I said to him, I said, so um, is there anybody else? How big is the flight? Is the flight packed? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. It's only about like a third. There's only like 50 people on the entire flight. Really? Oh, yeah. That's why we're boarding early because everybody's here. You're all on the plane. Oh, okay. Uh, is there anybody sitting beside me? He says, oh, no, you have the entire row to yourself. Stretch out. Woohoo! All right. I did. 
Yes, I will. I am not ashamed to admit that I kicked my feet up on this. Took my I, I took my seatbelt off. Now, if you've known me for any length of time, you know I am afraid to fly. I have always been afraid to fly. My motto was always, if I can't drive there, I don't go. Which is why I've never been to Ireland or Scotland or anywhere else that crosses water. Because if I can't drive there, I won't go. I can drive to California. I flew. Twice. So, I, I, I'm afraid to fly. So, I had this theory. My first flight was this teeny tiny little little plane, Spirit Airlines. And on the wing, because, you know, I figured my very first flight, I'm terrified, I'm going to die, I'm going to die with a view. I'm going to be afraid, it's going to be a pretty afraid. And you look out on the plane at Spirit, and it says, howdy, on the wing. And it kind of bounces while you fly, because it's a little plane. On WestJet, they're a much bigger plane. They're not as their wings are not as flexible as Spirit Airlines, but they're also not as friendly. At least Spirit said howdy, acknowledging that you were there, looking at the wing, going, "Please don't break." WestJet just lets you know that if the wing breaks, it's WestJet's wing that is breaking, because it says WestJet. Doesn't say howdy. Doesn't say hello. Doesn't say how you doing. Doesn't say have a nice flight. No, it says WestJet. So, and I'm, I'm right where the engine is, too. <laughs> I'm not back on the wing. I am right at the front of the wing where the big old engine is. So, you know those horror movies where the little gremlin comes walking along the wing and starts pulling the wires out of the engine on the wing? Yep, that's where I was sitting. That's what I was waiting for. You know, or you know, you see the smoke coming out of the big engine that's spinning. Yeah, that's where I was sitting. So again, terrified with a view. So I actually undid my seatbelt and put my feet up on the seats beside me. I stretched out while I was watching The Last Kingdom. <laughs> I know, strange movie, strange TV, you know, title for a TV show to be watching as you're hurtling through the air at God knows how fast. Um. 75,000 feet above ground. Anyway. Well, that only lasted for about three minutes. And then we hit turbulence. <laughs> Darn near bounced me right out of my seat. Put my seatbelt right back on real quick. I went, oh no, I'm not doing that again. I'll loosen the seatbelt so I can swing my feet up, but I'm not taking my seatbelt off. Well, there's a problem. I drank the entire bottle of Coke Zero. I also drank two cups of tea. Now, anybody who knows, knows tea is a diuretic. And Coke Zero is full of caffeine, which also makes you pee. And not only did I have just one black tea, oh no, 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 they were out of black tea the second time they came around, I had green tea. Yep. Let's just flush it all out. So I'm sitting there, and now I have to pee. And the potty is at the back of the plane. I am not at the back of the plane. I'm close to the front of the plane, and I have to now walk to the back of the plane. 
first I have to undo my seatbelt because apparently you can't take your seat with you. You have to unbuckle the seatbelt to get to the potty. I'm thinking, I can hold it. I held, I've held it every other flight. I can hold it. How much longer I got? I have an hour and a half before we land. My bladder starts laughing at me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and added about four more cups of liquid. So there was no holding it. So I go to get out of my seat, and some little kid goes running by me. All right, he needs to go. I'll wait. I wait for him to come back. He's in there a while, and I'm like, oh, awesome. Now I'm going to be in this tiny little cubicle that's going to smell like poo. I'm going to be terrified and sick to my stomach to begin with. I might have to stick my face down near that toilet and hurl. Okay. All right. So I get up. And I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, my balance, anybody who knows me knows my balance sucks. If the ground is moving underneath me, I am going to fall over. Or I'm going to fall into something. So I'm kind of hanging on to the seats as I'm walking up the aisle towards the back of the plane to the bathroom. And the stewardess that was so friendly at the beginning of the flight is glaring at me. Because apparently the seatbelt light was on. Nobody seemed to care. They were all getting up and going to the bathroom. We, the, the plane wasn't bouncing around like a ping pong ball. So what was the problem? So I get to the back and there's two. There's one door on one side and one door on the other side. And I'm looking. Uh, I don't know. I've never used a bathroom on a plane. I'm not sure how to read the vacant and non-vacant sign. So the stewardess takes, or whatever he's called, takes pity on me. And he points to that one. He goes, that one's empty. Great. Okay. So in I go. I lock the door, and the sink's full of water. Now, I probably would have been okay if the sink had not been full of water. Because you can't really tell when you're in this tiny little cubicle that you're moving. I mean, you can feel the rumble every now and again. There's a little shimmy. Not so bad. But the water in the sink looked like I was on the Titanic and it was going down. It was slushing from side to side. So I'm like, how do I get the water out of this sink? So I push the little thingy down, and all of a sudden you hear the, and it's gone. <laughs> Ooh, all right, so that's a direct line to the outside. So I, I, I sit down, and every ounce of liquid vacates my body very quickly. <laughs> and then other parts of my body go, wow, we're here. I'm like, oh, no, 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 we're not doing that. So I take care of business stand up, put myself back to rights, and I turn around and I push the button that says flush, and I swear, pretty much everything that was in that room got sucked down that hole except for me. Again, another direct line to the outside. <laughs> That's a scary thing. Like, you push that button and you can feel it. Like, <laughs> I was afraid to, like, stick my head over there for fear I was going to get sucked in. It was a little scary. So, I wash my hands. And there's a nice little sign that says, you know, do the next person a favor and wipe down the sink. Okay, so I'm cleaning up the sink and I'm wiping everything down and I'm being a good passenger. And then we hit turbulence. And all the stewardess heard on the outside of the door was, thunk, as I set myself back down and I grabbed onto the, there are four oh shit bars in the bathroom. This bathroom is like two feet by two feet. And there are four bars to hang on to. Depending on where you happen to be standing when you need to hang on to one. 
Well, my knees buckled and I sat down, so I just hung on to the ones on either side of the toilet seat and prayed. And then when things calmed down, I exited the toilet after I peed again, because I had to pee again, and made my way back to my seat. I only fell into three people. They were, they were very kind. And I get back into my seat, and I put my headphones back on, because that was out of self-defense. I, I feel really, 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 really sorry for parents. My heart goes out to parents who travel with small children. And I felt so bad for this woman. I really did. This child... Do you remember... Okay, now I'm talking to the live studio audience. Do you remember when we were sitting in the chairs waiting for me to go through security and that guy walked by with the really disinterested, I've had enough face and the screaming child... That was the screaming child on the plane. <laughs> and it wasn't that he was screaming because his ears hurt or he was upset. He just wasn't getting his own way. So he was throwing a temper tantrum. And all mom kept doing was turning up the tablet. I'm not sure what he was watching. I think it was Bluey. I kind of recognized it for the moment that I listened to it. Um, but yeah. I love my headphones because they block out everything, including screaming child and honking horns. There should not be honking horns. There should not be honking car horns in the air. It's just, no. So, before we land, the, the flight attendant, I don't know what they're called now. What is politically correct? I know they're not stewardesses. We can't call them stewardesses. Are they flight attendants? Okay, flight attendants. Anyway, so... The flight attendant comes back on and she tells us, you know, all the procedures, we're going to land, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Please fasten your seatbelt. Please put your trays in the upright position. Stow all your stuff. This, that, and the other. Oh, by the way, our last three flights have been delayed on the tarmac for a minimum of an hour and a half because customs is a nightmare. So be prepared to spend extra time in the plane when we land. Do what now? Wait, I thought we were taking off early to avoid that. And now you're telling me that I might not get out of here until 10 o'clock at night? That's not going to be a thing. So we land and it's about 7.30 Ontario time, I think. We're early. We're very early. And everybody still, oh, and of course they tell everybody, you know, please maintain six feet social distancing when exiting the plane. Um, everybody stood up and got into the aisle. I could smell the aftershave on the man, three people behind me. He, we were all that close. Everybody's wearing their masks because you have to wear the mask the entire flight unless you're eating or drinking. And let me tell you, there are people on that plane that ate for the entire four hours just so they would not have to wear a mask. <laughs> I nibbled about every 20 minutes or so. You know, my face would get all hot and sweaty and I'd whip the mask down and I'd have a drink and I'd eat some meat sticks. I'd eat some cheese things, you know, just so I could have some breathing. So anyway, we all stand up. We all get off the plane. I'm like, woohoo. That was quick. We're off the plane. And then we start walking. 
Now, I've never landed in Toronto International Airport before. When I flew the last time, I flew from California to Florida. So I landed in Miami, Tampa Bay, Florida. And in, in, I don't know, whatever airport it was. I'm still walking. And I'm walking. And I'm walking. And Dave messages me, how are you? And I shoot him a video. I'm still walking. <laughs> this is like 10 minutes after I've gotten off the plane. Still walking. It is a 20-minute walk from the plane to customs. Not, like, out. No, it's a 20-minute walk from the plane to customs, where you go through your security clearance again just to get your luggage. So I get there. I'm out of breath. My face is red. I'm panting. I can't breathe. I'm sweating like no tomorrow. I'm pretty sure I look like a walking COVID case. I'm like, great. I'm going to get pulled over for a random COVID test. Awesome. So we get to this place and like, there's a whole bunch of us standing there looking at it going, what do we do? And some of them were seasoned travelers and they'd never seen anything like this before. And it's the roped off little alleyways. And then it's just a sea of these machines like they they look like oversized ATMs mixed with a slot machine and they're about 12 feet tall and they move up and down so I go up to the security there and I'm back in Canada so I know she's going to be friendly and I ask her where am I supposed to go and she says just come on come here come here so I go over to where she is. She's like, okay, just wait here for a minute. And this little Chinese dude comes running out. You'll come here. You'll come here. Okay. And he points to one of the machines that has a green light on the top of it. I'm like, woohoo, jackpot. Oh, wait, not in Vegas anymore. Okay. So I go over to this machine. I says, slide your documents in. My what? Which ones? What documents do you want to see? So then it shows a picture. Passport. Ah, okay. Slide my passport in. Invalid. What? <laughs> What do you mean it's invalid? I just used it four hours ago. Oh, I have it in upside down. Take it back out, flip it around, stick it back in. They suck it right into the machine. I'm like, oh no, I'm never getting out of this country again. They just ate my passport. And then the machine starts going up and down. And then it starts flashing like big red letters. Remove mask, remove mask. Um, okay, I pull my mask down. And there's a camera in like where the face, it looks like a face. Where the face is, there's a camera, and it scans you. So it's scanning me, and it's scanning, and it says scanning, scanning, scanning. It spits my passport back out at me, and it spits this receipt. Please take your receipt and proceed to the next checkpoint. I now feel like I'm in a war-torn foreign country, and I'm trying to get through the checkpoints just to escape. So, have you ever seen the Sally Field movie, Not Without My Daughter? That's what it kind of felt like. So... I get my little receipt. I'm number 18. Woo! Get my passport. Got my, my computer bag and my purse. And off I go. Going to get my luggage. So, no, I'm not. <laughs> I get stopped at the next checkpoint. Let me see your receipt. Should have my receipt. Okay. Off you go. Uh, okay. So I finally, about, about three checkpoints, I make it to where my luggage is. 
And just as I'm coming to where my luggage is, I see my suit, my big blue suitcase come flying down. Woo! I run over, grab it. Yay, that's mine. I'm trying to yank it off. I'm like, holy crap, that's heavy. Whip it off there. Because I didn't put it, I, I lifted it and put it up on the thing, but I didn't handle it after that. I didn't realize just how heavy it was. So I get it off the conveyor belt with some dignity. Not much, but some. Get it standing up, get the thing up, take my computer bag off and go, Ugh! sit it on top of the thing. And I'm like waiting for my carry-on now. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm thinking, oh great, my carry-on's probably now in Saigon. I don't know. And then I see it. I'm like, oh, there it is. Thank God I was in Canada because I left my purse, my computer bag, and my suitcase and bolted towards the conveyor belt, left it all sitting all by itself, about 10 feet away, bolted towards the conveyor belt, grabbed my thing off there and turned around and went, oh good, my purse is still there. Awesome. <laughs> and went back over to my other suitcase. So I get everything and now I'm trying to maneuver these two suitcases. Now, four on the floor, four wheels on the bottom of it is great. 360 degree turning is also great, but not when you're trying to maneuver two of them that do that because they never want to go in the same direction. I've got one suitcase trying to go to the left and I've got one suitcase trying to go to the right. And guess what? Neither one of them are on that side. The one on the right wanted to go left and the one on the left wanted to go right. And if I switched them, they did it again. They just wanted to be together. So I finally just put them back to back and pushed them that way. So now I have to walk again. I swear, I walked like 10 miles just through the airport. We get to the next checkpoint. Now, this is where they check your receipt. They ask if you have anything to declare. Um, I think they scan your bags and you're, not, you're unaware of it. And they take your temperature and they give you a sticker on your passport. I got a green sticker. I'm like, oh, green means go. Yay, me! Off I go. Well, the person in front of me got a pink sticker. Oh, what? Does green mean I'm an alien? What does green mean? She got pink. She's a girl. She got pink. Wait a minute. So, no, the, the stickers were before we got our luggage. Right, the stickers were before we got our luggage. So I'm down getting the luggage, and the couple in front of me, the girl's complaining. She got, they were the ones that were in front of me. She got the pink sticker. He got the green sticker. And I got a green sticker. So apparently, pink that day was random COVID test. I got a green sticker. Yay! Okay, so I get a luggage and I'm going and I get up there, give them my receipt and then I get to the next checkpoint and she's like, I need to see the sticker on your passport. I hold up my passport. Green sticker. She's okay, go to the left. Where? Where to the left do I go? There's this hallway and a wall. Just go down there, you'll find the door. I hope so. So I'm going down this hallway, lights are flickering, it's very hostile, you know, wrong turn kind of feel. We're in the bowels of the airport now. I, I, I swear, these are parts of the airport that have never seen people other than staff before in their life. Never. So, I mean, there's, there's makeshift welcome to Canada signs everywhere. <laughs> I finally get spit out into the main part of the airport. I'm like, all right, this looks like an airport. I feel better now. And now I'm looking, okay, where do I go? There's a door, says exit F35. Out I go. <gasps> Breathe in the cold air and my nostrils immediately stick together. Yep, I'm home. It's cold. So I call, I had prearranged a, a, a cab to take me from the airport home. 
So I go outside and I go to call and I'm immediately inundated by cigarette smoke and cold. And I, nope, I'm back into the airport. I go, I find, I try and find a quiet corner and I call and I said, okay, I'm here. Come get me. And they said, okay, well, you need to go outside. And your driver's car number is 202. Meet him at, uh, what is it? Post seven, I think he said. Post seven, okay. So I go back outside and I look and I'm at post 36. Where the hell is post seven? I turn around, I go back inside with my suitcases. Remember, they want to go in different directions. Two security dudes standing there. Excuse me, sir, (laughs) where's post seven? He says, you have to go all the way down the hall to the very end. Now, this is about three blocks, okay? Three blocks. Looks like three blocks. Go all the way down to the end. You'll find a little office. Say, pre-booked app. Oh, all right. Down I go. Another 10-minute walk. So I put in a good hour of walking by this point in time. I'm exhausted. I just want to get into the car and die. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it's been a fun trip, but, you know, I'm, I'm not in California anymore. I'm not with my live studio audience anymore. I just want to be home now. I'm done. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm finished. So I get to the door and it's all blocked off. And there's a big, big, big security guard standing there. And I'm not big. I'm little. Excuse me, sir. I'm supposed to meet my ride at, at, at post seven. Where is post seven? And he goes, it's right here. And I'm looking at the closed little seatbelt gate. Because that's what they look like. They're seatbelts. You just unhook them and stick them in. And I'm like, oh, how do I get out there? And he opens it this way. And he opens the door and says, do not open it unless emergency. Or no, it says open in case, in case of emergency, push to open. He must have seen the desperation on my face, figured it was an emergency. So I come out and my cab driver jumps out and he's waving. Hey, oh, look, he's right there. It's a beautiful car. It was like, it was like limo quality car. It was like black and sleek and nice. And He takes my bags and struggles and puts them into the back of the car. And I throw the computer bag in the back of the car because I've had enough of it. Me and my purse in the back of the cab. Watching the scenery, texting everybody, telling them I'm back in Canada. I'm in the cab. I'm on my way home. Yay! I'm starving. So then, Crystal and I are trying to figure out what's going to be open when I get home because I'm probably not going to get to the house until about ten o'clock at night, which, mind you, was earlier than I had originally anticipated. But I live in a very, very, very small town, and. Nothing is open after six o'clock in my small town. I did find the Tim Hortons and it was going to be open until 10 o'clock, which did me no good. So then we moved to Keswick and I started looking to see what was going to be open in Keswick where I could get a semi-decent meal where it's not going to be junk food because, well, mind you, I think the only thing that would have been open, the only thing that was open was McDonald's. And honestly, I just... I did not, after the experience in the bathroom on the plane, I didn't think my stomach could handle McDonald's. I wasn't going to put it through that. So I thought, okay, I can go to Tim Hortons. I can get a grilled chicken bacon ranch on a wrap. It's not keto, but it's not all that bad. I should be okay. So I get to, the, I get to my apartment. I take out the credit card, my mom's credit card. 
and I go to pay the driver. I put in my PIN number. It tells me the wrong PIN. What? No, I'm pretty sure I changed it. Put in a pin, wrong PIN. One more try. Do what? Uh-oh. So I put in what I think is the old PIN, and then it says processing. And then it says card declined. What? Wait, hold on. What do you mean declined? Um, hmm. Let me check my bank account. Oh, dear. So I had just enough in my bank account to cover the cab fare. My grocery money. So I pay the cab. I get out of the cab. I'm standing on the side of the road, like on the sidewalk with my luggage in the snow, in my running shoes, in the snow, on the phone with my mother going, your credit card did not work. I had to use my grocery money. Help. What do I do now? Well, I'll call tomorrow and see what's going on. Uh, what am I going to do for food? Uh, you told me you were going to pay for the cab to use the credit card, and I used the credit card, and the credit card didn't work. It was declined, and I had to use my grocery money, and now I have no food. I'll figure it out tomorrow, she says. I feel like crap. She had just gotten her booster shot, and it hit her like a ton of bricks. I'm going to bed now. I'm glad you're home. Bye-bye. And she hung up. And then I remembered. Crystal loves me. And she had tucked $40 into my car because she couldn't remember if she had put gas in it or not. So she put the $40 in the car just in case and left it for me. So I lugged my suitcases upstairs and I had messaged Mike, who was supposed to come pick me up, but he can't drive at night. I messaged him and he had originally offered to pay for the shuttle. And... um. I didn't feel right about that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I messaged him and said, I'm on my way home. Well, he didn't get the message until I was actually in my apartment. And then he messages me back. Do you have keys? Mike, I'm in the apartment. I have keys. See, I'm not silly. I will never, ever, ever go away somewhere and leave someone else in charge of my apartment without making sure that I have a set of keys to get in. Because you never know what time you're going to be coming back. And if my flight had been delayed, if we had to have sat on the tarmac for two hours and I didn't get back to the house till two o'clock in the morning, he's going to be asleep. And if he's got the only set of keys, I'm sitting on the curb until morning. So I always make sure I have a set of keys to my apartment. Now, I only have one car key. <laughs> so I did make sure I got a hold of him a few days before I came home to make sure he left me my car key. So I get my bags upstairs, and he's like, oh, great, I'll meet you outside. Why? Why do you need to meet me outside? I don't need the keys. I want to go get food. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm done peopling for today. But you've looked after my plants, and you've collected my mail. I should at least say thank you in person. That's the polite thing to do. It's 10 o'clock at night. I'm starving. I want to get out of my clothes, put my pajamas on, fall into my bed. After I shove food into my face, I don't want to be polite. So I put on my happy face. I go pee again because I drank a whole bottle of Coke Zero and two teas on the plane. So I peed again and down I go. Forgetting my glasses, of course, and it's now snowing. I don't have snow tires. I haven't driven in the snow yet this winter, so I'm not quite used to how my car moves in the snow. And there's Mike at the bottom of the stairs, waiting. 
How are you doing? How was your flight? This is Mike. I'm hungry. I need to go. I need to go get food. Um, thank you very much. We'll talk tomorrow. So I, after about ten minutes, I finally broke free and get into my car. And I am looking forward. I mean, I'm starting to drool thinking about this chicken bacon ranch wrap. Now, if you're Canadian and you've been to the Tim Hortons, you've had the chicken bacon ranch wrap. And you know, oh, you know, you just know. And the grilled chicken is the better choice. I mean, the spicy chicken, the the breaded spicy chicken's not bad, but the grilled chicken just, mmm, with that bacon and that ranch, and oh yeah. So I am looking forward to this. So I pull into the Tim Hortons. Nobody's in front of me. Awesome. I get up to the speaker box, and the little boy on the other end says, Good evening. Welcome to Tim Hortons. What can I get for you? No, what can I get you? What can I get you? It's a Canadian thing. I want the chicken bacon ranch wrap. Uh, hold on a minute, ma'am. What? No, there should be no holding. There should be, this is your price. Let's, would you like potato wedges with that? Would you like a coffee, a donut? What? That, there should be no holding. He comes back on. We have no hot food. You have an entire kitchen. How can you have no hot food, you lazy shithead? You're a bunch of teenagers that are working the night shift and don't want to do anything. Fine. How about a bagel? Since you've already pissed me off, I might as well break keto completely and at least enjoy something. Oh, we are bagels. Great. Okay. I will take a four cheese. We don't have any four cheese. What do you have? We have everything. We have raisin. Oh, that's not an option. And we have plain. Okay. I'll take a plain bagel. Can I get it toasted? Hi, Dad fire truck just went by lights going can i get it toasted oh yeah you can get it toasted you telling me you have no hot food but you can toast my bagel all you got to do is put the chicken in the microwave i know how things work my son worked at tim hortons i know you put the chicken on the little tray you put the tray in the microwave that's how you make hot chicken bacon works the same way except you have to put a piece of paper towel down to soak up the grease and you put it in the microwave Anyway, so I get a plain bagel. They actually had urban garlic cream cheese, so I was happy with that. I get up to the window, and I got thinking, hey, wait a minute. I can't have hot food. Can I have a sandwich? He said, oh, what kind of sandwich do you want? I don't know. Tell me what you have. It's easier that way. We have turkey. Great. Make me a turkey sandwich with cheese. We only have white. I don't care at this point. I'm willing to eat my shoes. I'm that hungry. So, they have no pop, no juice, and only coffee. So, I get my sandwich. And my, he says, you still want the bagel? Oh, give me the bagel. I'll have the bagel for breakfast. Give me the bagel. Gives me the bagel. And my sandwich. All right, well, I have nothing to drink at my house except for coffee creamer. Because <laughs> I, I have no tea. I did not make tea. And tea would not have kept for two and a half months in the fridge. Um, I have juice. Would have, ew. I have nothing to drink. All right. Well, where can I go? Nothing's open. Oh, gas station by the highway. All right. Ten minute drive down the road we go. To the gas station. And I go in. And I buy a big bottle. Two liter bottle. 
of Coke Zero. And I buy a little chubby bottle of Coke Zero because I'm thirsty. And I get back into my car and I go home. And I have my food and I have my soda. And I still don't have my pajamas yet. And I get upstairs. And it's now, I think, about quarter to 11 or quarter after 11. And I'm still fully clothed and unfed. I have been in Canada for three hours and I'm still fully clothed and unfed. Hmm. And it's very cold in my apartment. I realized this after I come back the second time, how cold it is. I took my coat off and went, oh crap, it's 50 degrees in my apartment. 50 degrees, burr. So I turn the heat up, break out my little heater. That's not cutting it, break out the bigger heater. That's doing much better now. And I turn my bed on to boil because I have a, a heated mattress cover. Get my warm jammies on and I'm about to sit down and eat. And something else happened. I had to do something else. I'm still not eating. 12.30 at night, I finally start shoveling food into my face. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm like, okay, um, I need to go do some groceries tomorrow. <laughs> well, then I get a message from my mother. Oh, that was it. My mother called. That's why I wasn't eating. My mother called to tell me that she doesn't understand why the credit card didn't work and she's going to call in the morning and get it all figured out. And we're going to change. And she still hasn't done that, by the way. We're going to change the passcode, like the PIN number to my PIN number again. And that she's e-transferred me the money. Perfect. Okay. Oh, have you eaten yet, honey? No, Mom. I was about to when you called. I'm going to go eat now. Oh, you really should eat. It's getting late. You need to go eat. Yeah, well, it may be late for you, but it's still three hours earlier for me. So, I finally hang up from her. And I get some food into me. And I'm done. I take my meds and I go and I crawl into my bed and I fall down and go boom. <laughs> I'm out. Good night. So that was my adventures in returning home. It was quite, I tell you, going through the airport was like uh, an episode of Hunger Games. You know, like they, they choose who's going to be tribute. I was waiting for somebody to stand up. I offer myself as tribute. I wasn't going to be me. No, no. I'd had enough Q-tips up my nose to do me. A long time. I will do them again if, it, if need be so that I can travel. But I had to have two COVID tests for one flight. And, oh, oh. <laughs> I know we're sitting at the hour mark now, but you know what? I don't have to tell you, so this could be a while. So anyway, let me tell you about the second COVID test. <laughs> so we get the second COVID test booked. And, you know, being the... Um, smarty pants that my boyfriend is he books it for 115 my flight leaves at 110 so it is five minutes inside the 72 hour mark just five minutes inside so we couldn't be early there was no way we could be early or i would be outside of the 72 hour mark so we get there now the first time we went it was raining there was nobody in line zip 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 we're done we were in and out in no time this time we get there and there's this huge lineup and it's sunny, but there's this huge lineup. I'm like, what the heck? And they've got this girl and she's walking down and talking to people in the cars. I'm like, 
I'm panicking by this point. Really bad feeling. Something's going to go wrong because it's me. So we get up there and I couldn't get the barcode in my email to load. No matter what we did, we could not get it to load. Now, I called the COVID clinic. Had to leave a message. I emailed the COVID clinic. I got onto their live chat and left a message. And they said, oh, we'll get back to you in a few minutes. I think it was about a week and a half later. Um, I was back in Canada by the time they got back to me. Anyway, so we get up to the girl and she's like, we're not doing expedite. We're not doing PCR tests. What? Uh, we paid for this. Paid $150 for this test. Uh, what do you mean you're not doing them? Well, if we do them, you won't get them back in time. I'm flying out in three days. I need this test to fly back to Canada. My flight is booked. It's leaving in three days. Less than 72 hours. I need this test. Well, I'm sorry. There's nothing. And then this woman. And this is a little Spanish chick that is telling us this. And she says, I'll be right back. So she goes. And she comes out of the little trailer. Because that's what it is. It's a trailer. With this big blonde German looking woman. Who would scare the pants off anybody. I'm like, okay. So I'm assessing the situation. And I'm thinking, you know what? Aggression's not going to work with her. Not gonna, we're not going to get anywhere. This is America. Everybody's aggressive. <laughs> People tend to get a little irate if they don't get what they want. So I'm thinking, okay. How can I best get what I need? How can I accomplish what I need to accomplish in the easiest, fastest way possible? I know. She comes to the window. I immediately burst into tears and start panicking. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody that this is what I was going to do. So that the reaction from the person sitting in the seat beside me would be completely visceral and totally natural. And he's like, it's okay, it's okay, calm down, calm down, it's okay, it's okay. And I'm like, I'm bawling and, and freaking out. I need to be on, I get it all, I get on this plane. And they're like, okay, okay, don't worry, it's okay, don't cry, calm down, calm down. We'll, we'll tell you what, you just go ahead, we'll get you in, we'll do your test. As soon as they walk away, I look over Taylor. Like crying Canadian works every time. <laughs> just, I'm just looking at me like, holy crap! <laughs> yep, crying Canadian works every single time. So yeah, that's how I got my test done. I burst into tears. <laughs> I mean, I was starting to panic. I was like upset. Like a lot of that was real. Um, I just may have played it up a little more than I needed to. <laughs> He's shaking his head no. <laughs> yes, some of it was real. <laughs> um, but I got my test. I got my test results back in enough time. And I got on my plane. And now I am recording this from the home studio audience. Now, next week will also be from the home studio audience. I cannot guarantee where the week after is going to be recorded from. Um, as soon as I can get my medications filled for the next three months, 
I will be on the road, hopefully, to Florida with my mother in our previously scheduled almost yearly trip to Florida because she can't drive down by herself. Um, she had originally canceled the trip and then she changed her mind and now we're trying to get out of Canada as quickly as possible before they close the borders. So as soon as I can um, get my three-month prescriptions filled so that I don't run into the same situation that I ran into before where I run out of my seizure meds. Mind you, I did fairly well without them. I will admit, I mean, I only had a couple of little ones and then one big one. There was only one really big one. Um, and it wasn't even huge. Like it didn't, it wasn't very long. It was enough that I had no control over where it happened. <laughs> I did manage to get into the bedroom so it wasn't out in, you know, front of everybody. Um, Unfortunately, it was in front of the kids, which I didn't want to happen, but at least now they know what it looks like and they know what to... Why does that look like it's on fire? Hmm, I might have to check that. Um, anyway, there was only, I think, one. And that was right after Christmas. It was right after the first failed attempt at flying, <laughs> which was a very stressful situation. Um... But I think I did fairly well. But I'm not going to leave myself without them just in case. Anyway, uh, when I got back, I had called in my prescriptions, which I had assumed would fill the three months because it was supposed to be filled at the end of December. Well, when I came home, Mike had picked up my prescriptions for me and it was only a one-month supply. So I called the pharmacy and I'm like, oh, this is not going to do. I'm leaving for Florida in two weeks. And she says, well, you have to be two-thirds of the way through your prescription. Thankfully, I called my prescription in before I came home the last time. So, uh, like 10 days, 20, 15 days had already passed. Yay. And I said, well, I'm not leaving for two weeks. And she says, okay, well, call me back middle of next week and we'll get them ordered so that your plan will cover them. All right. Perfect. That works out well. So next week I have to call and... Uh, put my prescription in for my for my medications um next tuesday should be an interesting podcast i might even if i'm feeling it <laughs> depending <laughs> i might do my podcast friday night depends on how things are going um i am going to misha's friday night her birthday is the actually it actually is the 18th of january i wasn't that far off um i was supposed to spend new year's with her but i ended up spending it in california which you know i was happy about because i got to spend it with dave but um i'm going to go see her friday night and spend the night because margaritas will be involved I'm not going to lie, margaritas will be involved. It's been a while since her and I have had a drink together. Uh, yeah, margaritas will be involved. <laughs> and her and I stopped being friends before her oldest daughter had come of age. And it was always a thing between Bailey and I. When you come of age, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to have some drinks with you, and I'm going to tell you all the things that you wanted to know when you were younger, and we kept telling you, oh, no, no, you are too young to know that right now. 
anything you want to ask. You're now old enough you can ask. Not necessarily going to answer, but you can ask. And Misha and I had our falling out before Bailey became 19. Well, now Bailey's over the age of 19. She's also over the age of 21, which means she can drink anywhere in the world. So she's actually looking forward to hanging out with us Friday night and having a couple of margaritas. Now, Bailey's a girly drink drinker. She drinks like the, the vodka coolers and stuff like that. And it's been a while since Misha's had somebody who can sit down and drink tequila with her. Since I already had my warm-up at Big Bear, <laughs> I think I'm back in fine tequila form. She's going to kill me. <laughs> Just putting that out there now. If there's no podcast on Tuesday, it's because I'm dead. Um, I don't drink enough now to even worry about it. I think it'll be like two or three margaritas and I'll be nursing the third one. I have a talent for doing that too. And I'm I'm saying this and she's going to hear this on Friday. Oh no, she won't. Ha ha. She doesn't listen to them until Saturdays. <laughs> so I will have already been to her house. Friday night will have already happened. And then she'll listen to this on Saturday. When I head home. <laughs> I love you. Anyway. It'll be a good night. We will get the last of the things that we need to talk about, talked about. We will bury the hatchets that need to be buried. And we will move on from there. It's it's time. It's time. Life is too short to carry anger and aggression for a person that no longer exists. Because she's not the same person that she was when we had our falling out. I'm not the same person that I was when we had that falling out. We have both changed. And we both kind of needed to change. We were very codependent when we were friends before. And I think we kind of needed this separation to learn how to stand on our own two feet. Except I just turned around and became codependent with Crystal. You know, but now Crystal's in New Brunswick and I have to kind of learn how to be on my own, which is kind of why I'm staying where I am. My mom keeps talking about us living together and, you know, sharing an apartment or sharing a house together. And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to do that. I like my apartment. I like the independence that I have from my mother and, you know, crystal i think the only there's only one thing that would get me to move out of this apartment and until that happens this is where i'll be is in this apartment so yeah i don't i, I can't and i said to her on the phone the other night when she mentioned it again you know we should have a place together we always have so much fun i like mom if we live together we'd kill each other oh no no and then she actually stopped to think about it <laughs> She knew I was right. We cannot share the same dwelling. We have a much better relationship when we live an hour and a half away from each other. Now, in Florida, it's entirely different. We're on vacation. Neither one of us owns the house. I can come and go as I please, as long as I take the dog for a walk. We have fun. She does her thing. I do my thing. It's a lot of fun. There's no expectations. But if we were to live in the same house, we would kill each other. 
She would drive me nuts. And I would drive her nuts. I, I, I will admit, I'm very set in my ways about certain things. I like things done certain ways. And she likes things done certain ways. And it's not necessarily the same way I like them done. So, yeah. She is not the person that I want to live with. <laughs> I'd kill her. I love her, but I'd kill her. So, all right, let's get to the bread and butter of this. Um, well, since we're talking about being home, I thought I would do some fun facts about where I live. Now, y'all heard me talk. You know I live in Sutton. I'm not telling you where, but you know I live in Sutton. Now, Sutton was formerly a village. It used to be a village, but it's now part of the town of Georgina after amalgamation with it in and North Gwillimbury in 1971. The Black River, which is the pictures that I always take of the river, that's the Black River, runs on the north end of downtown. Did you know I live on the north end of downtown? I did not know that until just this moment. I live on the north end of downtown. And Highway 48 goes just south of the downtown. And did you know that this street is considered downtown? <laughs> I could walk from one end of the street to the other end of the street. And that's considered downtown. It's maybe eight blocks. Well, not even eight blocks. It's not even eight city blocks. I don't know. It's very small. It takes less than a minute to drive it. Um... Sutton has a population of just over 6,000 people. Yeah, small town. Small town. Uh, what is there to do in Sutton, Ontario? Well, there's the Georgina Arts Center and Gallery. There's St. George's Anglican Church, which I can see from my living room window. Um, there's the Sutton General Store, which is just up the street. And the Sutton Airport, ta hey, there's a Sutton Airport taxi service? Huh, I need to look into that. Not for my next trip, but uh, yeah, Sutton is, let's see here, let's go to, well, we actually have a, well, Georgina has a Wikipedia page. Georgina, which has a population of 45,000, is a town in south central Ontario and the northernmost municipality in the regional municipality of York. The town is bounded by the north, bounded to the north by Lake Simcoe. You've all seen pictures. Although incorporated as a town, it operates as a township in which dispersed communities share a common administrative council. The largest communities are Keswick, Sutton, and Jackson's Point. Sutton is considered one of the largest communities in Georgina, and there's only 6,000 people in it. <laughs> We're very small. Smaller communities include Pefferlaw, Port Bolster, Roche's Point, Eudora, and Willow Beach. I used to live in Willow Beach. The town was formed by the merger of the village of Sutton and the township of Georgina and the township of North Willembury in 1971 and incorporated in 1986. North Gwillimbury has previously been part of Georgina, but became its own township in 1826. It took its name from the family of Elizabeth Simcoe, Nee Gwillem. All right, let me see here. There's really nothing interesting about where I live. There's no fun facts. There's no weird facts. Um... This is all like 
All right, I want Let's see. No. Did you know there's a Sutton in Nebraska? Hmm. I didn't know there was a Sutton in Nebraska either. But they say every place has um, a sister place in the States. Like Midland, Ontario, their sister city is Midland, Texas. All right, so let's see. I went to one of my favorite sites, Haunted Places in Sutton, Ontario. Let's get to the good stuff. Okay, let's see. What have we got? Um, well, none of these are in Sutton. These are around Sutton. I have that book. Ghost and Haunts from the Appalachian Foothills. I have that. I have Haunted Asylums, Prisms, and Sanatoriums, Inside Abandoned Institutions for the Crazy Criminal, and Quarantined. <laughs> They're going to be writing a whole new book now. <laughs> ah, all right. Oh, Salem Cemetery. I knew that was haunted. That's in Pickering. Salem Cem Cemetery, along with the Salem Church, was established in 1849 for the Wesleyan Methodist Congregation. While the church closed in 1890, the cemetery was still in use. Visitors here have seen apparitions and experiences, and experience other strange phenomena. Um, Thomas Memorial Park, yeah, that's in Toronto, I knew that. Glendale, Glendon College, yeah, Mount Pleasant. That's where my great-grandparents are buried. And those guys up there on the wall, that's where they're buried too. Carl Beck House, Penetang. I have been there. I've been in the house, but I've been on the property. I've been to the cemetery, Old Don Jail, which no longer stands. They tore that down. Now, yeah, we had a lot of... Uh... All right, let me see. Deaths on the Black River. Because I know there's a lot of people that have... have uh... All right, because there used to be a grist mill on the Black River. Huh, I'm not finding anything. I'm going to have to start asking locals. They, they keep all the good stuff out. All right, let's jump over to Florida, man. Let's see. Got a bunch of stuff. Okay, so Florida man attacked during selfie with a squirrel. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, so this dude has a picture of a Florida man, and he's standing there with a shirt that says, Who needs drugs? No, seriously, I have drugs. Advertising at its best, I guess. Hmm. Florida cop. This, now, this one made me laugh. I was reading this one earlier. This one made me laugh. Florida cop claims Burger King put dirt on his food. Investigation reveals it was just seasoning. Yeah, Florida cops aren't that smart either. Um, um, thousands of gun owners in Florida planning to shoot down Hurricane Irma. 
That makes my head hurt. Ow! I mean, do they not know what happens when you shoot a bullet into the wind? It keeps going! It only stops when it hits something solid. Wind is not solid. Rain, not solid. Hurricane, not solid. Oh, boy. Yeah. Florida man gets tired of waiting at hospital, steals ambulance, and drives home. Well, I guess he had all the stuff that he needed. Um, oh, this is a winner. Florida man tries to rob a GameStop while wearing a transparent bag on his head. Guess he needed to see what he was doing. But he thought the bag would camouflage him? He, he looks ridiculous. I think it's actually a bag from a, um, a case of water, to be honest. And he's actually looking out through, you know, the hole where you can reach in and pull it. That's what he's looking out through. It's kind of funny. Oh, well, here's a new one. Florida man breaks into jail to hang with friends. <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, that poor crab. Florida man apparently painting anti-Hillary messages on Tampa Bay crabs. It says, Hillary is a lying bitch. Written on the bottom of the crab. <laughs> That's just mean, poor crab. What do you ever do? Florida man hides in swamp after high-speed police chase gets stuck and licked by police dog. All right. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> this one still makes me laugh. <laughs> like a big hamster. Florida man who tried to run to Bermuda in inflatable bubble rescued by Coast Guard. Again. <laughs> so he tried it again. Um, let's see. Florida man leaves job at Burger King, steals all their nuggets because why not? His response was, F it. There goes fire truck. And he took a picture of said nuggets on his front seat of his car in the seatbelt. He strapped them in safely. Yep. Florida man arrested for assaulting girlfriend with fried chicken. Okay, what is it with Florida people and food? I asked this of Alan in the board meeting on Sunday. What do you people have against food and why do you need to beat people with it? He did not have an answer for me. But he laughed hysterically when I told him I was going to be in Pasco County. Uh, let's see. Florida man steals neighbors. Oh, okay. I was just told I should tell people. Alan is the general manager of Mythmart and one of the board of directors for the Jason Dark Myth Company, and he is also the executive business officer. He's an Ebo. <laughs> I'm gonna call him Ebo from now on. <laughs> Ebo, executive business officer. Okay. Florida man steals neighbor's peacock, gets chased by angry birds. Y'all think? Dude. 
those things stick together. <laughs> you know, they flock together. Oh, wow. Um, Florida man manages to misspell school on warning sign. Twice. Yep. S-C-O-H-O-L. Yeah. Twice. Wow. Florida man stabs tourists despite having no arms. I can't click the link to find out exactly how he did it. I would like to know. Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know how... Oh, no. It's blocked. All right. Oh, what? Florida man arrested for driving stolen vehicle while monkey clings to his chest. Claims monkey told him to do it. Okay. Um, okay. I don't, I, Florida man ripped urinal from restaurant bathroom wall, ran away naked into woods. Crack it. <laughs> it's gotta be on PCP. Gotta be. Now let me see the comments. <laughs> you have to pee while camping, but there are no urinals around. I mean, everybody boils, like everybody takes cutlery and salt and pepper and sugar from a restaurant when you're camping so that you have it at the campsite. Why not take a urinal? Sure. Don't eat the big mint in the bottom of it. Well, where else would he, I'm reading the comments. Well, where else would he run? he need a urinal in the woods and somebody answered he can't just pee on the ground he's not an animal <laughs> oh good grief sometimes the comments are better than the headlines <laughs> florida man pauses police chase to rehydrate with stolen capri sun Says smoking crack makes him thirsty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, you know, it's important to stay hydrated. <laughs> what I want to know is, okay, he paused the police chase. The police paused with him? Why would the police pause with him? If the dude stopped, that's prime opportunity to catch him. You can't call time out in the middle of a criminal act. It's not allowed. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Florida man gives police exonerating dash cam video following traffic incident. Accidentally includes video of him robbing beauty store. <laughs> so he got off on the traffic violation but got arrested for theft. Uh, what? Florida man admits killing goat and drinking its blood for pagan sacrifice. Would still like to be senator. I'd like to know what sacrifice he thought he was doing. Because that's uh, not one I've ever heard of. What is his name? Everything you need to know about Augustus, Sol, Invictus. Um, all right. Nope, I don't want to know anything about him. Uh, a 
Florida man arrested for eating pancakes in the middle of crosswalk. Yep, there he is in his slippers and his jammy pants with his uh, syrup eating in the middle of the road, eating his pancake. He's even got a little like folding table, you know, like the one that I had for my desk. <laughs> He's got that out there with him and a folding chair eating his pancakes. I don't even think I understand this headline. Um, Florida man disguises himself in bull costume as he tries to burn down former lover's house with pasta sauce. What? I don't... I don't... What did he use? Heinz? Because there is no other kinds? Ragu? I don't know. Frank's Red Hot? <laughs> yeah. A Florida man steals BMW after he's told he can't buy it with food stamps. <laughs> this is why you don't quit your job to collect food stamps if you want a BMW. No, you keep working so you can buy that BMW. I'm telling you, people's mentality, it just blows my mind. Really does. Uh, let's see. Okay, what I want to know is who would go to an 18-year-old, first of all? 18-year-old Florida, and I'm looking at his pictures. He looks like he's 18. 18-year-old Florida man arrested for posing as doctor and opening fake doctor's office. He looks like a child. Why would... Doogie Hauser wasn't real. <sighs> I don't know. Florida man says he danced on patrol car in order to escape vampires. All right. Let's see here. Let's do a couple more and then I think we'll wrap this up. Florida man asks Trooper if he can leave scene of crash to get more meth. <laughs> okay, I want to know what the cop said. <laughs> sure, go ahead. Let me drive you. Because <laughs> then I can arrest the meth dealer too. Hey, you know. Um, Florida man pulls out plastic badge and tells speeding motor motorcyclist, I the police. Florida man can't produce driver's license for police. Shows the mixtape instead. <laughs> I shot the sheriff. <laughs> oh, good grief. <laughs> Florida man wearing mop on his head terrifies neighbor with demands for eggs. There are some crazy freaking people in Florida. I, I don't know what's wrong with these people. Florida man drives date to sports bar on stolen Walmart mobility scooter. <laughs> I wonder if she fits in the basket. <laughs> okay, this is going to be the last one, I swear. Florida man calls 911 to report himself drunk driving. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, this is the last one. Florida man gives police fake name to try and avoid arrest. Unfortunately, the fake name has a DUI. <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I, I swear, I'm done. I'm sure. Oh, Happy New Year, by the way. I forgot to say it last week. But Happy New Year. Here we are, 2022. Yeah. 2022. Holy crap. Who would have thunk it? Not me, that's for sure. I honestly didn't think I was going to make it out of the 90s. But, you know, I'm here. All right, everybody. I am out of here for this week. I will chat with you all next week from the home studio. And then I could possibly be podcasting from Indiana. I could be podcasting from Kentucky. Who knows? It's the life of a gypsy. <laughs> All right, everybody. Stay out of trouble. Stay safe because COVID's out there. Trust me. I know. It has hit my family close uh, to home. And I am worried about members of my family. I do hope that they get better. And I know it has hit other people close to me and close to those that I love. So... Stay safe, because if you don't think it can happen to you, that's when it'll happen to you. All right, everybody. Have a good week, and we will see you next week. I'll see ya. Carry on all way, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry, Don't you cry.